Somewhere in the West, there's a place where sound, soul, and groove meet. Where the music of new artists meets listeners like you. Just like the ocean meeting the shore. We call that place the Groove Coast. And now, here are your hosts, John Celentano and Daryl Craig Harris. Classy, isn't it? I know. He, he makes us sound so, so important. Classy classy <laughs> and British. That's our lovely friend Nigel from Jazz Talk News doing our intro, as always. <laughs> Perfect. So we're at episode three, John. Episode three. Look, we made it. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you, you want to introduce our, our special guest? Absolutely. Uh, today on the Groove Coast, we have a um, fantastic saxophonist, uh, Charles McNeil is with us here. And Charles has made the rounds of the Vegas music scene for, I don't know, well, we'll get into how long you've lived here, okay. but has played nationally and internationally with uh, several artists, uh, many of whom you've heard of, and we're going to get into a bit of that. Um, most notably, I guess it would be Boz Skaggs, is at the top of that list? I, I think that would be, that would be yeah. the, the name that most people know, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, Lyle Lovett, too, Oh, right? yeah, I guess Lyle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's, the, what's the name of that? That's It's, it's Lyle's, is it? And it's... Lyle Levitt and his large Large. Band. I know. I yeah, always want to say band. big band. He's not a big man. It's not a, <laughs> not no, is large different band. than big? I don't know. <laughs> large is large. Damn, right, large. exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, uh, I think he calls it large band. He's, he's actually a, a really clever guy, but it's to put the emphasis on the band because there's a cello player, there's a fiddle player, there's mm. steel guitar. Right. Uh, and in the beginning, you know, you had all that, plus you had the... It's four horns, and you had three. I think it was three background singers. Wow! So it was a large, it's it's a large, large band. band. Yeah, yeah. So. Large band meaning lots of lots yeah. of space on the bus and lots of hotel rooms. <laughs> not not a lot of space on the bus. <laughs> not a lot of space on the bus. <laughs> large buses. Yeah, is yeah. what it would be, right? Yeah. Yeah. So no, man, it's great to have you. Uh, we've been wanting to. You were at. We had. We were making our list of guests. And you were like right at the top of that list. I'm not going to list them numerically because I don't want to piss anybody yeah, don't, off. Don't, don't put, but you know, we don't want to offend. Above, yeah, but it's me. it's you know, you were at that top list, uh, at the top you, of that list. So. Glad, glad to be here. Glad yeah, to be man. Here for it's sure, glad for you can sure. make it. Um, so I guess we could start out a little bit of uh, you know, you're a saxophonist. Um, did, when you started playing, did you do the traditional? clarinet first and then move to saxophone did you do it that way or did you just dive right into the into the horn uh traditional uh i played clarinet and when i was um in grade school uh, elementary school um playing an instrument was just part of it everybody played an instrument yeah. you know you played played something musical so i chose clarinet no for no other reason than Okay, that looks nice. All right. You thought, then, I'm going to pick the really sexy instrument. That, yeah, right. yeah, that's <laughs> What's the one that's going to get me all the girls? Exactly. And, and clarinet, clarinet that instantly comes to mind. <laughs> uh, so I, I, you know, just rooted around on clarinet uh, all the way through junior high. By the time I got to high school, first year in high school, uh, my band director, after the first year of high school, my band director needed more saxophones than he needed clarinet players. Mm. And I was, you know, I'm not... Not even close to being good, but I could play the instrument. So it was like, Charles, do you want to play saxophone next year? I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Again, no real interest in playing Yeah, you just want to get into music. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah I, I always enjoyed music, so that was cool. So I ended up, he, he let me take the, the school saxophone, alto saxophone, home uh, over the summer, over the, mm-hmm. over the break. And when I came back uh, 
to school as a junior in uh, 11th grade, there were a ton of just great young musicians there. Yeah. And it just inspired me. And then, Where is this in Denver? It's Denver, Denver, Colorado, okay. and George Washington High School. Okay, awesome. And just hearing, you know, the players in in the Denver public school systems at that time was just amazing yeah. and, and inspiring. Because these, these kids could play, play. Yeah. And, and it was just, you know, after hearing a few of them, it was like, this is what I want to do. Uh, it's is, interesting yeah. because Denver, I mean, they have, I know I've actually played with a symphony before and they have a, an amazing symphony. But it, Denver's not really necessarily known as a huge music city, right? No, but it right. is. But it, it is. And, and just a, a very high caliber of, of musicians there. Mm. Actually, when he's a couple of years older than I am, but Paul Taylor. Okay. I know Paul oh, Taylor. Okay. I know the name Paul yeah. Taylor from from Denver, Colorado. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Another. Uh, he lives here now. I've, he's here. Yeah, he's, he's here, here now. Here. Yeah. And Paul, for, for people that don't know Paul, he's um, actually become a huge guy in the smooth. In the, yeah. I yeah. guess what people would call smooth <laughs> jazz. Yeah. yeah. But Paul yeah. kind of does everything. He's yeah. A great player. Yeah. And, yeah. Like uh, back in high school, and like. I, I definitely don't know him like that well personally, but he was one of the jazz cats. It wasn't, okay. yeah, he was, you know, it was like one of the straight ahead guys that, oh man, Paul, man, Paul plays his butt off in, <laughs> in that, in that genre. Right. Yeah. So. So did you go to college in, in Colorado as well? I did. I went to University of Colorado and I did two years and then I ran off with the scholarship money. <laughs> but they, cause they would, um, I forgot how my scholarship worked, but it was basically a minority scholarship. And they would give me, they would actually give me a check at the beginning of the school year to pay awesome. for, okay. pay for books and to pay for the classes and stuff. Right. And my ego got in the way and it was like, <laughs> you know, I'm working a lot. I don't need school. And the worst thing I did, I, I dropped out. I dropped out starting my, wow. I think I got to my third year, but maybe at the end of, you know end what, of my first year. What's an year. interesting story about that, because I actually, we were just talking about the Christian McBride thing. I just did yeah. an interview with him. And a common story among a lot of great players, like guys, I always think of Berkeley. Berkeley but, is the classic story of that, Yeah, right? where yeah. guys, they went for six months, they went for a year, and the guys that were good got gigs and they yeah. left, you mm -hmm. know. So. Most of the guys that could really play that I knew, that I know who went to Berkeley Went there to get a gig. To get a gig, not yeah. To go to, to school. network and to, to yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It wasn't to go to school. It was, it was to get a gig, right? You know, so, so yeah. what was your gig out of college that took you out of college? Were you, were, were you working locally in Denver? Or working locally, uh, I did a, you know, um, what what was the name of that band? Was it the Tommy Dorsey band? It wasn't okay. a Dorsey band, but one of those type type of bands. I I went on the road with them. Uh, let me see. Also, I had another tour. Well, not after, that was in my early twenties. I had a tour of uh, of Asia that was coming up. Mm. So it's just all these all these things, and you know. Mm -hmm. And I and again, it was just ego. It was like I'm working. I'm I'm yeah. working all the time. I'm I don't need school. I've got it. And, were, and, now, were you a music major? Yes. Oh, yes, okay. it was a performance. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And but that uh, looking back, that was like. One of my biggest regrets is that right? Not not finishing school. Oh wow! So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, but I'm, I'm a I'm a college dropout. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, you're you're successful. in good company. Yeah. In good co I am too. So it's all right. We're we're all <laughs> we're all here. It's not a bad it's not a bad deal at all. So your first so what was your first like your what you would term your 
your big gig out of out of school, like when you were. That, I'm that, looking. I'm that, looking at the resume here at the list of people you've played with, and That's it's an impressive list. Well, we were man. talking. If, it's if like you don't mind stuff. me running it down for a minute, <laughs> yeah, go, go, I mean go Jimmy ahead. Scott, Charlie Musselwhite, Keb Mo, who I was just watching earlier today, Keb, yeah. John Faddis, right? Wynton Marsalis, uh, McCoy Tyner. Tell me about McCoy Tyner. What was that? How did that happen? It was, what is I, that? I was, you know, one of the guys. This was much later, though. This was when I was living in uh, Oakland, California. And I was just, you know, one of the jazz saxophonists, and my friend uh, was doing a gig. Um, with, well, I, I should put it this way. McCoy was going to do a gig or did a gig at a school mm -hmm. for, for a fundraiser, and uh, Babatunde Lee put together the band, and I was in the band. Mm. And so, yeah, so we just did a concert at that school to... Uh, to raise money, so okay. yeah, McCoy, McCoy Tyner, and it was great. It was great just being in that energy, and I had no business being there. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I I I accept my my talent as a as a musician, but I even look at my resume sometimes, and I'm like, oh man, really? How did I get? That I was kid? there. <laughs> I, they called me. Something actually me and John have talked about too, like, and that's happened kind of for, for all of us. You're on stage with whomever you're playing with. Maybe it's a national act or whatever, and you kind of go, how did this happen? Yeah. And right. it's always like a series, usually I should say it's a series of small steps. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, eventually one day you wake up and you've, you've gotten to where you've gotten to. But yeah. how, how did you get, actually to back up a little bit, how did you get from Denver to, um, to Oakland? I got... It was that was during the whole tech boom, uh, and uh, so there was a uh, a company, a uh, internet company, that was putting together an entire multimedia presentation for a game. They were uh, oh, okay. they were actually, cool. but there was a band connected to that game that was going to go out and play play shows, and you know when they were promoting the games, uh, art, uh, books, and everything, all, all this stuff. Uh, was connected to that, and the I can't think of the guy's name right off top of my head, but it was the same guy who basically invented Tetris. Oh wow! So so yeah. So, <laughs> so he had money. Yeah. So <laughs> a couple of bucks. They, yeah. they okay. I, a friend of mine was playing bass in that group, or got called to play bass in that group, and they needed a horn player, and he knew me, so he recommended me for it. They flew me out, put me up on a houseboat. Wow. And, yeah. On salary, all we all we did. You're like, let me rehearse. think if I want to wow. take that yeah. gig. <laughs> a, a decent decent salary, weekly awesome. salary to rehearse, and it's a funny story. I went to, you know, it was it was good, not a great band, just because the people in charge didn't know what they were doing. They had the money, obviously, but they didn't know what they were doing. So it's a common problem. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I went to. Uh, a band meeting once, not even, it was like the higher ups, but went to a meeting once. And basically the meeting was these guys standing around throwing their, uh, they they write out their, their goals, their dreams or whatever mm -hmm. on a piece of paper and they were throwing it into some kind of bucket. So it was all this positive energy. Right. So with seeing that and also being in the band and seeing how things were ran, I knew that this had no chance. 
So I quit. I quit. I, it's I, it's yeah, funny because we've all been there. We're all, we're all like, I don't think I'm going to say anything, but yeah. I'm just not sure. Right, yeah. right. I, after that meeting, I was like, I'm done. Oh, oh man. Nah, nah. Oh, but so, that got you, I mean. It got me to California. Right. And that particular area, like we were talking about our, our friend, our mutual friend, Paul Hansen. Yeah, yeah. He was actually like one of the world's few jazz bassoon players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, awesome. he, and they, as he's the guy, he's yeah. the yeah. best. And he's an amazing sax also. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but that area is like in uh, Oakland and the Bay Area yeah, in general. Yeah. It's it so was, yeah. rich with players, right? It was, mm-hmm. that was like Paul actually was one of the first musicians I met when I moved to the Bay Area. And... Again, I, I always played jazz, but by the time I was leaving uh, Denver, by the time I, I left Denver, I was doing more blues and R&B type of playing. I mean, jazz was still a love, but I was doing more of that. So when I got to the Bay Area... You think it was because maybe it, there was more opportunity gig-wise? More or? opportunities, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, just being young and it's, you know, being in that scene was more fun than being in the jazz scene. And the jazz scene was strong. It, right. uh, there was, you know, and I was still, you know, I, I played with Phil Woods uh, when I was in college. And yeah, so it wasn't like, oh, R&B or funk, okay. blues had taken over. It's just the friends I had and you just, I mean, basically, and even still to this day, you play everything, I not just everything jazz, that, right? Yeah. I mean, because we got to work. <laughs> we yeah, gotta, right? And, right. and, you know, and I do have a love for it. I... Uh, I sometimes I feel like, especially in Vegas, not not yeah. in Denver or in or in uh in the Bay Area for sure. I get pigeonholed as uh, oh that's Charles, he plays jazz. That's a jazz guy, yeah, that's right. A jazz guy, and it's like I sub for Maceo with Pee Wee and Fred Wesley. Right. So I've done you know some amazing gigs based on my ability to play whether that's funk uh whether that's uh blues rock and roll yeah i've done these amazing gigs so i love it, it all i i right. love yeah if you said choose one i'm gonna choose the jazz mm-hmm. that's right. just, yeah but i can't say I, I just do this because i work i need to work no nah, i yeah. i do it because i love the music right. i mean my, right. one of my biggest influences on saxophone is david sanborn mm-hmm. you know just and i would say for a while Probably he was a bigger influence than somebody like uh, Cannonball, Charlie Parker, right. Phil Woods. It was right. it was David Sanborn. You can, if you're a saxophonist in the last what forty to forty five year alto saxophonist, you yeah, cannot you get away you, from that. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. There's you're you're either trying you're either trying to be influenced by him or trying not to be. Or not to be. Yeah, right? it was, yeah. It was he. It's he was there. Big. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. there. One. It's funny though it, that you say you get pigeonholed because one of the one of my favorite uh, recordings of yours, or it was a video I saw, I can't remember the artist you were playing with, you played this killer tenor solo, and it was like an R&B track, and I learned it, I actually. Oh, okay. So I, I, I should probably send you a couple bucks. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. No, and it was, just one of the, it was like a, a, a textbook, great R&B solo, well, thank you. man. Yeah. And I'll yeah. dig out the video, and I'll let, I'll let you know what it is. I'll yeah, text you later yeah. and let you know. But, but no, I, I, I love that stuff. I, mm-hmm. I love it. I, I just as much as I love all of it. Yeah. You know, like I say, the only reason I would pick jazz is that's where I started. It's like I started in, you know, uh, acoustic bebop type of jazz. Then I kind of went off and did all this other stuff mm-hmm. and enjoy that also. But as I get older, um, it's like, okay, let me come back home. 
Okay. And yeah, that's kind of your home. Place, yeah. Right? yeah. Which which brings up a question I had. How, when you're looking at, at a gig now, and you're trying to decide whether to say yes to it, I mean, what are the things that make a good Money. gig for you? Okay. <laughs> no, no. Tick that box. That's it. All right. Um, it's... Let me put it this way. I, I, I'd rather say what makes a bad gig for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, no matter what I'm playing... I'm, it's more about the music to me. Okay. It's more about hey, you know, let's. It's gonna. It's whether it's funk, whether it's again blues, jazz, or whatever. It's about the music. But if somebody calls me, hey Charles, man, I got this great gig. Yeah, you know, we're gonna put you in a in a clown suit. You're gonna be doing these dance <laughs> steps. I don't care how much money you pay me. I'm not gonna. Make <laughs> You're not gig. doing the choreography. I'm not gonna, nah. I you know because I think I made a decision. I I'd say probably twenty years ago. The music should come first. Mm -hmm. The music, like if I'm on a gig, I, I understand the entertainment value, but if I'm on a gig, I want people to, to be there enjoying the music, not enjoying, not, I can't say not, but not more so there to see all the antics. That the I'm spectacle. Doing. Yeah, the spectacle of the music. You know, enjoy the music. Again, mm -hmm. it's old school, and I'm sure that doesn't resonate with a lot of the younger audience, but you know, I'm not in that. You know, I'm not. I'm not the 20 year old guy trying to get that gig anymore. Uh -huh. So it doesn't matter. Because yeah. so that's something that you yeah. kind of come to after all the years of playing, right? Yeah, I think yeah. that's something we. That's I, I'd say cut the come to Jesus moment. <laughs> kind of, we've all had that where it's like, yeah, I'm just talking about that. No, actually. no, but at a certain point. Yeah, sure. it's just stuff you just don't want to do anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's not yeah. because it's not valid. It's just... It's, uh, yeah, it, exactly. exactly. I it's think not... there's a little bit of an irony in that living where we live right. in Las Vegas. Because yeah. you, this is, if you want to talk about spectacle, yeah. right? Yeah. So when you were transitioning from the Bay Area to here, did you find that that... that... I'd already made that transition okay. in the Bay Area because uh, probably I'd say maybe five years before I moved out okay. here. I had done a wedding gig or some gig. And I remember coming home in my tuxedo, and I threw my tuxedo in the trash. And I, I was like, I'm never taking a gig if wearing a tuxedo was the most important part of the right. gig. Uh -huh. Where, you know, like, it's not I'm, I, won't take, I won't wear a tuxedo, right. but if the first words out there, man, you have a tuxedo? Yeah. <laughs> and I used to, it's nah. actually funny because that used to be a thing in Vegas, but it's not anymore. Oh, it used to be a thing that. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, there's definitely me... Pictures of me in bad tuxedos. <laughs> there's a there's a powder blue tuxedo oh, oh, somewhere. Oh yeah, in your sure, past, for for sure. Sure. a bad prom tuxedo. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm still there's still a little bit of that in me. You know, obviously yeah. I, I have a, I own a tuxedo and would play those gigs. But and you know, like I say, if the spectacle is more important than the music, right. I'm basically not the guy for it. And mm -hmm. and I I'm not going to fault anybody for for being the person who wants to do that. But it's not it's not for me. Yeah. And and I'm lucky enough, not like I'm getting rich, but I'm lucky enough that through the years I've made a name for myself. I made a big enough name for myself that I get some nice calls from mm -hmm. musicians that it's it's cool. I don't yeah. I right. don't have to worry about that. Right, and, right, right. And and they know oh yeah, we we have too much choreography. Let's not call it Charles. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So of course, so if it's choreography and a tuxedo, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. even don't, don't it, even and, call. And the pay doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> like I'm, 
it doesn't matter because it's not going to be that much anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you kind of get to a point too where it's like you do. Everybody has their thing where you just don't want to go there just anymore. Want, yeah. Right. Right. You've done like it. You've already you've already yeah. gone to that well. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's like you know what you are in relation to that experience, right. and it doesn't need to be. Repeated. And that's that's the thing. Actually, that's another Vegas thing. Uh, when I got out here, I'm I'm not I'm not interested in doing. Uh, lounges, dance bands and mm -hmm. lounges. Like, like I'll do that, but I'm not interested in being the guy who does a ton of that. You're not hunting down those games. Yeah, because yeah. I've done it. I, I was doing that in my 20s, in my 30s or whatever. So I, I don't, I, I have no interest in really pursuing that. I, yeah. Again, if I get the call to do it, I'm going to show up. But and a lot I'm of those games have really, I mean, mercifully maybe, I don't know. A lot of those have just kind of gone away. I kind of feel bad for the younger players because that oh, I mean, that oh, doesn't yeah. really that just doesn't exist so much anymore. Yeah, yeah. But as like the same thing, like it's something we've all done. Yeah, sure. And it's like, and sure. actually, most of my gigs, most of them, anymore, actually are out of town. They're not really even yeah. in Vegas. So. Right. Like my, my, you work a lot out of town. Yeah, yeah. my my better kit gigs are definitely gigs that I get called from that are really connected to the Bay Area. Okay, that's yeah, somebody somebody knew me back then or whatever and something comes through right from what, those guys what about recording like what have you been up to I mean, we actually we're going to play um one of your songs here mm -hmm. in a minute but what, how, what's been going on with that the newest recording uh that i'm a, a real part of not just somebody who called me to, to show up there's a band called uh this anthony paul and the soul orchestra and that's the band i've been touring with touring europe states with for like the last couple of years so i'm we're doing the blues cruise in two weeks uh, mm -hmm. i think we leave on the 26th we come back and then we go into the studio pretty much immediately and we're recording uh our newest cd with a great soul singer willie walker so so that's that's the the thing on the list that that's the band I'm in. I'm not just getting called as a side man right, right. to come in and, you know, play in this section or whatever. And, you know, so that that's fun. And when I and Willie Walker is a soul singer. It's not yeah, somebody okay. acting like a soul singer. Right. Putting no, he that's his thing. Willie will drink and smoke right before the set <laughs> and just kills it. Just kills it. That's and awesome. He's he's amazing. He's amazing. Wow. So looking, really looking forward to that. Really I'd like to um, actually. So we have uh, a couple of your songs. Uh, one of them, I think, the first one's Burkina. Burkina, yeah, that's that was a group. Tell us a little bit about. We're going to play it, but tell us a little bit about that before we do it. Uh, Burkina was a group uh, put together by saxophonist Richard Howell out of of Oakland. Or actually, he's in San Francisco, and he put together a band with some of his just favorite. Uh, forward-looking jazz musicians hmm. in the Bay Area. And so that, the song you're gonna play is more, you know, there's a groove to it, there's a certain certain thing. Mm -hmm. But a, a lot of the music we played with that group was free. It was oh. like, it mm -hmm. was like, you know, you, you got one chord or two chords. Yeah. And play. So would you have like a, sort of a head melody and then we, Yeah, it's, that's, that's, you know, a simple melody okay. that I don't think I ever, got any of them right <laughs> a simple melody and then you just play but that's so it's sort of more like just letting guys express themselves through yeah a sort of and a set sort of a format but yeah and that's that's exactly what it was it was just you know it's just just play just play so let's have um let's have our engineer ken um 
let's play that tune. Let's check it out. Okay. And then we'll come back. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I love that that it Cornwall being a bass player. <laughs> I love, I, love the, I love the upright intro. I just, yeah, uh, I think that was uh, who was on it? Was it Robbie? Robbie Abkarian was on bass on that. Oh, I think. Cool. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful, nice. wonderful bass player. Yeah. And like, uh, interesting enough, like all these, all the songs on the recording, all the songs we've we've done, Richard would just show up with a sketch. There was no okay. rehearsal. Yeah. There was no, you know, just here's the sketch. We're finding our own harmonies, finding our own uh, arrangement of the tune in the studio. Yeah. But you got, but, you know, you got world class players. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, on on these recordings, this was his uh, son, his son, uh, Ellie, Ellie Howell, and on that recording, I think Ellie may have been 17, 17, oh, 18 wow. years. Wow. Yeah, yeah, awesome, yeah. man. Wow, that's the thing. I know we're a little. Uh, I, I know you. You have to get to a gig at some oh, yeah, point soon. Yeah. But I want to just touch on a couple things, like a couple highlights. Talk about if you could uh, a little bit of the Boz Skaggs, uh, Boz Skaggs experience. That's easy for me to say. <laughs> the the his actually very interesting. People know me uh, from the Boz Skaggs thing. I did I did the live DVD. Mm -hmm. What happened was what's, what's the, the name of that DVD by the way? Uh, I think it's just. Boz greatest hit live. Oh, okay. In fact, I'm, I'm I'm sure that's what okay, the name cool. of it. So people can check it but, out. But yeah. uh, that gig has been Eric Crystal, great great Bay Area saxophonist, has been playing that gig twenty twenty years or so. Yeah. This one summer, he couldn't make part of the gig, so uh, Boz needed a horn section. At first, he had the horn section uh, from Lenny Kravitz, actually. Oh wow! The, okay. The saxophonist and trumpet player at that time who was playing with Lenny Kravitz and I think the saxophone player just ruined the gig you know just like mm -hmm. like musicians do we just talking you know <laughs> this isn't up to my standard and this right. that so yes. he called my, myself and uh, Rich Armstrong on trumpet in to do the gig and had I think we did three weeks three weeks maybe a month it wasn't that long but three weeks or so and he just happened to record one of the shows live. Wow. So awesome. I'm subbing in the band. But yeah, I'm on the live the live D V D. And like I say, is it, is it people know me all around for that. The the D V D did extremely well. It's not even my gig. <laughs> that makes so, it even better, kinda, and, right? And along the same line. Uh with Lyle Lovett, my, uh, again, a friend of mine, it's his gig, it's a guy named Brad Lely, great, great saxophonist. But Brad teaches at North Texas State, so usually, depending on how, how long Lyle tours, I get the call to come in and finish out the tour. Mm -hmm. So I got the call to come in, and it was the last, last week, maybe last two weeks of the David Letterman show. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, again, this is Brad's gig. <laughs> But 
I'm doing and the you're on the, but you're yeah. on Letterman. I'm on, I'm, I'm on Letterman. Yeah. The TV, yeah. The TV the and the, the yeah. video gods and are there, smiling. And there's a, there's a small solo. I even get, get a little awesome. solo spot or whatever. Nice. So, so yes, That's I love awesome. subbing on bands. I, I have, I have <laughs> so far, love. so good. Yeah. Man. I mean, yeah. you know, not a bad deal. <laughs> no, it's not a bad deal at all. Not bad. Um, so you, you mentioned earlier, you know, you've made a name for yourself as a player, but one of one of your uh, other uh, accomplishments is you you are like the king of saxophone transcriptions right now. You've got I think, a I think lot I used, of stuff. I think happening. I used to be. I think <laughs> I, I really do. Uh, well, for a fact, at one point, uh, if you were looking for jazz saxophone transcriptions online, I was the number one guy. I was uh-huh. the, the, you know, you put in. And that's really saying something because yeah, there's there a like, lot of there's, great people that do that. Yeah, and but I was the guy. Now there's so many, like people People are like, oh, Charles, when are you going to start up again? And I will. I love doing it or put out a book. And there's it so takes many, a lot of time, right? It takes a lot of time, and yeah. nobody's going to get rich off of putting out a book. There's, <laughs> there's every, every transcription you want is online for free right. somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. so... So, yeah, it, but yeah, at one point, definitely charlesmcneil.com yeah. was the number one resource for jazz saxophone. You think that that, 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 that oh, yeah, yeah, the, doing the transcriptions, that's also a great way of just learning. Learning, yeah. Absolutely. And that, that was the main reason I did it was to, you know, to help my ears and help my jazz playing. And I, somebody else suggested, hey, man, you, you should uh, post your transcriptions on, online. And so I started doing that. And then it became a thing. The website took on a life of its own. Mm. So then it was like, I, ha- I have to transcribe something because I have to put it on my website. Not because <laughs> I want to learn this solo. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yes. It, it, it were was, there certain ones that, are, that are expected? Like, the, like people you like, there I know certain, people are going there to want certain, to hear There were certain X. people who were expected, like Michael oh, Brecker. Sure. People want Michael Brecker solos. Uh, oh, Sanborn solos. Sanborn solos, but I don't think I have that many Sanborn solos. Maybe, maybe three or four on my site. Mm-hmm. I don't have a, I don't have a ton of Sanborn, but uh, Brecker, uh, Dexter Gordon, mm. Sonny Stitt, uh, Charlie Parker. I don't have a lot of Charlie Parker. I, there's a few, a few I do have, just because uh, so the Omni book. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So, but most people who are looking for transcriptions, I would. I would be willing to bet the first name that comes up is Michael Brecker. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Wow. Yeah. Um, before we before we have to, to wrap it up here, um, one of the, the I have a list of things that I wanted to ask, and we're, we're obviously not going to get to all of them. I'll but make um, them turn into yes and no questions. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. That's good. See, Kenny G. Oh, I don't know Michael if I have Brecker. yes or no. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny G. Yes or no. Maybe why not? Why, why not? not? Yes, that's a yes. Why not? That's actually funny because right. we were just talking about. It. <laughs> but I personally, just really quick on the Kenny G thing, like, I mean, he's a great player. Whether you like the yeah. style, yeah, and I, I'm I'm really open for me as a musician in general. I listen to everything. I mean, I listen to metal. I listen to rock. I right. listen to jazz. So I just like musicians. Yeah. And I try to, for me personally, like that whole thing, I try to come at it like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but the Kenny G, it's always an interesting subject. And, with, <laughs> and with Kenny, you know, Kenny is a guy who's uh, connected to a huge audience. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Right. From playing. Kenny is not, you know, you look at Kenny, he's not like this great looking guy right. who dances, who has a big right. production. 
Kenny connect, connected to all yeah. these people through playing. And, and that's the has, goal. And yeah, he has, that's, and yeah. he has quite a background before yeah. his whole pop star. Yeah, writing, yeah. So. so I can't I can't fault that. You okay, know? so so we we're throwing love. No shade at Kenny. No, <laughs> no shade. No shade. No shade at all. Definitely <laughs> not from me. Go ahead, John. So, <laughs> so I, I I digress. No, no, the, <laughs> that's that's total. That's fine with me. I mean, it's no big deal. So last question. So. If you were going to give a piece of advice to a, a, a student coming out of college or a new player trying to make it in the scene, what would your, what would a best piece of advice be to that person? Uh, in, in today's world, in yeah. today's market, and uh, it would be go somewhere where there are people playing the music that you want to play. I think I think being around like that's what helped me. In, in Colorado and obviously in the Bay Area, I was around musicians um, doing things that I wanted to do. Like a young musician who wanted to play, you know, bebop, let's say acoustic jazz mm -hmm. at the highest level, living in Las Vegas, it's tough. That would be extremely tough right. because you don't have... You sort of have to go to yeah, LA or New Yeah, York you have or, to go somewhere right. mm -hmm. where the music that you want to... Uh, produce is being played so that's I think that's that would be my number one answer because you want to be inspired by that just sitting mm -hmm. in your in your room practicing I don't care if that's eight hours a day if you can't go out multiple nights in a week and hang and play it and people you, gotta you gotta get the word out about you who got, you are yeah, and what yeah, you can yeah. do too and, and learning you know playing playing in your in your practice room wherever that may be is totally different than playing in front of people. Mm -hmm. And crowds, you know, playing the Chitlin circuit is a lot different than playing Carnegie Hall. Right. You know, you can't bring the same thing yeah, to the to the game, Yeah, right? so yeah. so you have to be in an environment where you can where you can uh, be into that. You can get into that into yeah, that. You can be fed yeah. by that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, and, and you're also able to shine with what you do right? yeah. and grow. I mean, exactly. So that would be my, you know, there's a, a lot of other little, you know, like, yeah, practice and, right, 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 you know, right. study and all. But that stuff comes with, like, if you if you go see a saxophone player or, you, or you're living in uh, an environment where there's all these great musicians and you want to be a part of that. You're gonna practice. You're mm -hmm. gonna study. Right. That's that's you just part of it. Right. Yeah, that's right. just part of it. So so yeah, it's those are the givens. Yeah, yeah. those are givens. Just mm -hmm. yeah, but be around be around the music, especially when you're young. Be around the music that you want to play. Right. You know. Let's uh, so let's listen to another one of the tunes that, that uh, you sent us, and uh, tell us a little bit about this song. Uh, this is actually I think uh, something from Jonathan Corrent. We did a live. Uh, recording at the Smith Center, I think that was two years ago, and that's I'm actually running to to perform with him. We're doing a tribute to Nancy Wilson and Cannonball awesome. right after wow, this. Awesome. So, so yeah, this is this is and this is like I've performed with Jonathan actually quite a bit now, but I don't think I played with Jonathan more than two three times before he was like, hey, yeah, let's let's do a live CD. Okay, so that was fun, and he. he uh, Jonathan has definitely built up his, his audience and stuff, so they were into it. He's a wonderful singer, a uh, wonderful band to work with. So, And he's another guy, great to play his gig because Charles, be Charles. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, I, even with even with Anthony Powell, the band I was talking about, you know, we're doing, doing some things and there's a, a few sax solos. But he was like, hey, man, John, 
Yeah. Junior Walker, you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's cool. <laughs> you know. That's, that's, a really, yeah. that's an awesome place to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, I need none of that jazz. I want some Junior Walker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so let's, uh, let's check out this tune. Take, take a listen. Maybe I can't live to love you as long as I want to. Life isn't long enough, baby, but I can love you as long as I live. Well, maybe I can't buy you diamonds and things like I want to. Life isn't long enough, baby. And I, I that's another thing we, we didn't touch on that much. Uh, like, this could go on for at oh, least yeah. a couple yeah. hours. Uh, but I love performing with great vocalists. That's, yeah. yeah He's I, got a cool style, yeah, too. I yeah. like what so, he does. And, and again, in any style, you know, uh, just I love trying to compliment uh, that, an artist in that way. You right. know? And I, I've been lucky enough to, uh, to perform behind some great, some great vocalists. So, yeah. yeah so. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we should probably let you... Yeah, I'm already, I'm already late. <laughs> hey, Charles, uh, just real quick. So tell us, how, tell people how they can find you online. Easiest way. Well, now the easiest way is Facebook. Right, so yeah. Charles McNeil, just spell McNeil, M-C-N-E-A-L. My website, which I haven't updated, but website will be around as long as I'm around. Right. CharlesMcNeil.com. And you got your transcriptions are up transcriptions, on the website. and they're your, free. They're your, free. Your bio and all that. Bio stuff. pictures, all that. You know, all that's there. So, so well, yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, um, man. We it's really been great to have you. Oh well, right yeah, on. We really and the next it. next thing we have to do, Daryl, is talk about photography. That's the that's what I'm into now. That's my new oh, hobby okay. is photography. So yeah. enough of this music. That's, that's my that's my <laughs> other hidden hidden passion. Yeah, man. yeah. Cool. So, cool. so cool. right on. So thank you, thank you both yeah, for, for having being me. here, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, we look forward to seeing you on the road. All right, you you will for sure, for sure. (laughs) All right, guys, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. That does it for this week. Join us again soon for another edition of the Groove Coast. And thanks for listening. And remember, life doesn't have to be serious; it just has to be groovy.